This podcast is about care for caregivers and embracing joy as an autism parent. It's part banter and conversation on adult topics, part audio essays and poetry I've written, part expressing things I wish I'd known when Sonny was 5 or 15. He's now 25. Hi and stuff. I'm Nicoletta. Welcome to my memoir and disclaimer. This podcast addresses adult issues and adult topics of over 50 life, sandwich generation, my mama paws journey, mental and behavioral health, the autism spectrum, learning differences, neurodiversity, sex, drugs, rock and roll, belonging, not belonging, misfits, smart asses, and the moms like me who love them. It is not suitable for all listeners. Warning, not safe for work. Please use your discretion. Because I'm non-traditional, which also means old, um, I'm back in grad school, over 50 and so on. Even when I went back for my master's, I was in my late 20s and I was older than everybody else. And I was actually pregnant with you. So you were born over spring break. High five. That was so considerate. Um, That these days people don't comment on other people's bodies at all. They don't even say, I like your blouse. Like, unless you have a certain level of friendship or an intimacy, like a lot of times to break the ice, when I was in my 30s and 40s, if I entered a room, a faculty break room, or just, you know, went to see other people around my age in a professional setting, they might say, I like your skirt, where'd you get it? I like your blouse. You know, those slacks fit you well, are they from such and such a store? And that's fine. That is small talk, which is what we talked about in the premiere, you know, small talk and stuff. Right. Um, But a way to make small talk more insulting is saying something along the lines of, ooh, nice pants. Did you get them from Torrid? Torrid being a brand that specifically markets themselves towards squishy, squishy, a fat chick store, a fat chick store. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Well, like saying, did you get those jeans from Torrid is like saying, oh, you're a size I didn't know I was 18 better than you. and up. No, I don't. Well, I don't know. Actually, thin, thin shaming or fat shaming or body shaming. I don't think it works that way because if someone's straight size, especially if they're very, very small, then they wouldn't know what Torrid is. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but, but someone who does know what Torrid is would hold that against you. Mm. If you ask my Especially father... Especially if they are if, an asshole. If you ask your father, he likes to hold my body against him. So, yeah. He doesn't have a problem with my squishiness. Up top. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, but so, the question now is that PC and wokeness has come around all over the place is, what is small talk? Well, small talk is... What you can say to a coworker and stranger without being uh, referred to HR. But I mean, what I'm saying is like nobody even. I mean, once here's the only appearance-related piece of small talk I've been through this entire semester was that because I had COVID hair, even after COVID, I, I just let my hair grow a little too long, and I didn't even like it. I went back to a normal, pretty short haircut. And I went back for orientation at the end of August and somebody said, oh, I like your hair. And, you know, that's fine. Like anything from the neck down is not okay. Um, Where it used to be, that's all, especially girls talked about. That's that's all that we girls talked about in high school and um, college is like, oh, you know, 
uh, where did you get your clothes or did you lose weight or are you trying this new diet and, and you know, or, you know, obviously you're trying this diet and it's working like this kind of thing. Like I don't want my, the width of my calves and the chubbiness of my face to be the subject of scorn or um, reputation or gossip or anything at all. Yeah. And nowadays, I feel very comfortable that it isn't anymore. So that's, right. that's because great. Because people have gotten around to the fact that it's really fucking rude. Correct. To ask somebody indirectly, hey, I didn't know that your shirt size matched the equator or whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, back when we were kids and everybody was constantly doing the grapefruit diet or whatever kind of crap we had to go through. Whatever the fuck was in magazines. People had the maturity of their shoe size being the equivalent of their age, something like that. So Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't the greatest. So. No. But anyway, so, I mean, the problem is, though, that I think stigma keeps going and replaces the last thing so let's say fat shaming is well, you know going evolves. out of fashion well right so so stigma evolves. right so but fat shaming is going out of fashion and body shaming is going out of fashion but you know somebody that perceives themselves to be in a higher position than someone else tends to bully that person who right. is an easy target yes so uh, you know that's what bullying is yeah so i mean as far as stigma before we Give you know before we come to the end of this discussion, I wanted to ask about stigma and stereotype as far as queer culture and queer spaces um, and homophobia, and in contrast or in concert with uh, special ed uh, phobias, uh, you know stereotypes of persons on the spectrum with developmental disabilities, autism, and things like that. So, what do you think? Well, stigmas surrounding autism in general is. You know, stuff that we've already discussed, someone being uh, socially inept or uh, slow to move or slow to react or just a late bloomer in general, not having anything to do with autism in general. But the stigma has evolved in a weird, depressing way where instead of making fun of somebody on the spectrum for being on the spectrum, they'll make fun of somebody on the spectrum for being a late bloomer which is something that many people on the spectrum already are by definition, but they can't exactly fathom a more creative way to spite somebody. Hmm. Wow. So they call out someone's slowness to respond, like their processing speed. And I mean, I think that the more 504s are granted to people so they can have untimed tests the more empathy they might possibly have, but maybe not till high school, because kids are stupid in middle school. Right. Kids are assholes. They're little pricks. Um, so, and how do you bring in, then, any homophobia, or have you struggled with any of that? I haven't struggled with homophobia. I haven't um, experienced homophobic slurs being thrown at me, so I can't really say that I have. Um, that would be lying. Th yeah, that would be lying, and... Uh, stolen valor. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, my high school experience in terms of gayness was pretty fine and normal. Great. That sounds cool. It sounds cool. Well, so in high school there was the Gay Straight Alliance and then in college there was Pride Club. Do you know how those names evolved at all? Or Gay Straight Alliance was a club in high school, in the high school that I went to. 
that was a inclusive club where people would get together and talk about pride and talk about uh, coming out or being out of the closet, so to speak. So, but gay straight and alliance straight, cause... and then the Pride Club in college that I went to was all about uh, gay people pride and doing activities that were all about celebrating pride. And straight people were allowed in. We never excluded anybody. Um, allies, straight allies, were totally allowed in. And it was a safe space and hangout spot for people that were queer in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And straight people that wanted to learn more about queer people. Yeah, I mean, I think that allyship is really important. And again, I kind of struggle with that because I... Never, I... You never see victory without collaboration. You need allies to get anything done. Well, I... But because I'm a mom as well, I don't want to smother. I don't want to try to be, you know, I don't want to be too much where, you know, allyship from peers is the ideal. Right. Being accepted by peers. That's the spectrum of acceptance, I guess. But, um... You know, uh, it just gives me an extra pang of... of, of um... I was accepted by my peers. I was not necessarily ex accepted by adults. Interesting. I thought adults accepted you being on the spectrum because you would talk Superficially. about... Superficially. You would talk about your favorite foci, you know, and... Tech and computers or whatever. Foci? Foci. I studied Latin. Foci is the plural of focus, dude. Oh, I don't know Latin. It's okay. a dead language that no well, one speaks. Uh, you know, but anyway. Um, so foci or focuses, if you prefer. Um, you know, you had, you had a way of talking and then not seeing someone's uh, nonverbal signals that it might be their turn to jump in and talk or that you were just really reciting a monologue on everything that you knew about some movie or whatever you're talking about. Right. The thing is that I found that as you were growing up, a lot of adults, some teachers, not all, but adults had more patience with that. Peers probably would, you know, walk away and go to play with someone else or whatever they do. Like, Right. I got more flack from assistant teachers saying stuff like, oh my God, you scared me, or don't do that. Don't try and be creative and come up with a creative solution for this problem or this project. Instead, follow what everyone else is doing. Yeah, well, unfortunately... Conform. Well, conform. Well, conformity in public schools, except for your high school because that was a magnet school, it was different. Conformity, yeah. you know, and the norm is this, you know, gorilla in the room, elephant in the room about, you know, we want everyone to get an edumification, edumification. so we send them there to be edumificated. Yeah. Um, but not everyone, not all the adults around the kids with with all kinds of different needs are equally qualified. Um, you know, and... You say that again. I mean, you know, a para should be trained in empathy and things like that, but uh, sometimes not. It's just... We don't work for the superintendent. Well, I used to work for a superintendent, but anyway. All right, well, so let's so let's go ahead and wrap this. I don't know that we've necessarily made a dent in what, you know, a spectrum of acceptance should be or is or, you know, would be in an ideal world, but I think that I think that 
you know, stigma affects everyone and they may even believe that someone perceives something about them that embarrasses them and everybody else is worried about the thing that embarrasses them. So they're not worried about, you know... That's called being self-conscious. Right. So if you're, you know, you're different, it's more like, okay... Oh my God, I have feminine hips. Well... You know, if you dance uh, and you're good at dancing, I don't know. There's some kind Fuck of fuck those guys. There's some they can't dance. Well, there's some stereotype about you know how Gay people in dancing. Yeah, but Saturday hey, night fever. Look, put up a disco ball and call it a night or a day. All right, so all day and we night. we will definitely return to stigma another time. But for now, bye and stuff. Au revoir. Ghosts Path. The place smells just like we recall, not like a microbrewery, but a beer hall. I take a seat, de stress, think about the latest mess. Suds on a pint side sag to amber, ghosted by her and toasted by myself. My story may curl up, flatten under its own sobriety under all the salty appetizers. My college friend arrives, seated, I long to hear what she thinks. I assume she can't understand. The real truth nags, but when I spill it onto paper, squished insides of roadkill catch my gut like a staple. What's that congealing in the rotting interior? That sear, tire to pavement, is the agony I regurgitate in verse. For her safety I wrestle, though I am no longer her vessel. Wish there was something, anything I could do. So bitter, how few wishes come true. The server clears our dishes. I try to abandon the notion that her troubles still trigger such emotion. When she was a baby, no one knew when she cried. I melted when she slept. I slept with one eye open, lid ajar, ears pricked since her older brother did not speak. I am still interpreting the uninterpretable, my quest to know the unknowable. Moving forward, each step appears, despite my fears. I will search the ghost's path. No excuse. I sneak a peek inside my daughter's journal where I know she keeps a list of foods, calories, how much she does or doesn't exercise. She left it out, no excuse. Search for meaning in its tidy pages, her lefty script so neat and small. Getting face to face with facts, she spits, how could you, mom? That's my private diary. My eyes trace her arms, skinny as branches. In those pages, I hope to see how to draw her close again. She feels less than in every way, but she's not less loved. I can see it will be a few years before we can talk.
really talk again. Thanks and stuff to our sponsors, The Hill Studio Record Label and Joy, Just One You, coaching and caring for caregivers. You can show your support by subscribing. And please take a look at my website, nicolettalamarcasacco.com, for my blog and other stuff. Give us a follow at hi.and.stuff.podcast on Instagram. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye and stuff. Check out Sunny's AI Design Streetwear at Kobe Kotive on Instagram. That's at K O B Y K O T I V on Instagram. Kobe Kotive.com.